Entering the game from Philly Press Box Radio, Bill Furman and Jim Chesco. It's Wednesday, November 6, 2019. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. And Chet, the Eagles took care of their business against the Bears on Sunday. The Flyers have managed five of their last six points. The Sixers finally took a loss in Phoenix after opening 5-0. and And the Phillies started the pitching staff house cleaning. And more importantly than all that, if I have had it with the NFL and their officials, I'm on strike. We're going to cover it all tonight. <laughs> Oh, my. Yeah, the Flyers looking a little better of late for sure. The Sixers won't go undefeated this year, unfortunately. Oh, well. The big story of the week, of course, the Eagles winning the second straight game to stay on the Cowboys' heels with a week off now to get ready for a couple of huge home games against two very difficult opponents. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, certainly good to go into the bye with those two weeks uh, or two wins. And, uh, you know, they got down to running that football again and, uh you know, it's really it's a simple game. Control that line of scrimmage, you win almost all the time. Yeah, the running game is looking better and better, and it really has to because, I mean, let's face facts, the wide receivers pretty much stink right now, Bill. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and I'll tell you, the signing of Jordan Matthews today, we'll talk about that a little bit later on as well, but uh, if if Jordan Matthews coming in is the answer to the problems, there's real problems. Well, keep in mind, Mac Hollins has exactly – Zero catches since September 26. You and I have the same amount as Matt Collins over the past month. So Jordan Matthews has got to be at least a minor improvement over what they're getting out of him. Well, you would think. You would think. But uh, I don't see him being the answer. The, you know, the answer is no. Alshon Jeffrey needs to catch the football. And so does uh, Nelson Aguilar. Nelly. That would that would be a start to begin with. Yeah, it looks like they're probably going to try to move Aguilar outside a bit. That didn't really work the last time around they tried that because Matthews is more of a slot guy. So I was in favor of bringing back, like, Torrey Smith out of retirement or somebody who's got a little bit more of, you know, speed and more of a deep threat. And Torrey Smith's only 30 years old. He played in the league last year, but I guess they didn't listen to me on that one. So it's Jordan Matthews for the third time. We'll see what that Well, I, I actually saw an interview with Torrey Smith, and uh, he was not interested. Huh. Um, not with the Eagles or anywhere else. Apparently he's had a couple calls. He said if this was early in the season, uh, maybe so. But at this stage of the season, it's uh, it's not something he's going to do. So that's his yeah, call. Well, the Eagles did call him. Okay. Well, then I'll forgive them. But, yeah, I was hoping yeah, they would have okay. gone for him. Because he's only 30 years old, for crying out loud. Right, right. Wait, Chad, i got to get it out. I've had it with the garbage the NFL's throwing out there with the officiating. I'm done. I'm on, I'm on strike. I'm not watching it anymore. I can't do it. Relax, Furman. You're sounding like a crotchety old man here. Get over it. It is what it is. It's not going to change anytime soon, whether you like it or not. It's the way it is today in this world of sports that we know it. So get used to it. Well, here's the deal. Just like yesterday being the election, you get one vote. Right? One vote per, per, per person. I have one vote. My vote is I'm not going to watch the NFL until they clean this mess up. I don't believe you. You'll be watching. And I know you say you're going to watch the Eagles no matter what, but you'll be watching the other games too. Who are you kidding, Bill? Let's talk no, baseball. Let's get our guests on. Come on. I'll tell you, I tell you I won't. 
And we'll ask okay. our guest because I bet you he has an opinion. And we've got a great guest tonight in Chris Wheeler. And Chris is certainly going to talk to us about the Phillies. We're going to talk some Penn State football. And I bet Chris has an opinion about the officiating in the National Football League as well. Welcome back, Wheels. <laughs> okay, Bill. Chet, nice to talk to you guys again. Oh, yeah. Hey, Chris, uh, lots to talk about, as always. And, you know, it's been nearly four months since you and I last talked. Certainly a lot has changed since then, Wheels. The Phils had another disappointing finish to a season. Gabe Kapler is gone. The stinking Nationals won the World Series. And, of course, the Phils hired Joe Girardi as new skipper. Let's, let's start there. Uh, Chris, Girardi was certainly the people's choice. Did the Phils do the right thing to move on from Kapler, and how do you like the Girardi hiring? Well, I, you know, PR-wise, I don't think they had any choice. Uh, they had to move on from, from Gabe. So, and, and I, you know, you and I talked about this before. I don't know the guy. Uh, I met him a few times. He was very, very sociable. Just what you had heard about him, that you, when you're yep. in a room with him, you know, you're the only person talking to him. He is that kind of person. He has a great personality, and he's real. I really believe that. But he didn't. He wasn't a good fit for this area. I think Ben Davis said it the best on the TV show the night when he said, you go in a Wawa, nobody talks like him. And I, I thought that, I thought that was perfect. I, and I mean, it really kind of summed it up. Uh, uh, the three guys they were they talked about interviewing uh, that, that were the finalists, and Dusty uh, Baker, who I do know, and Buck Walter, who I don't, and Joe Girardi, who I don't, I, I didn't think they could lose with any one of, any one of those guys. Uh, I think they had to make a, a high-profile guy. It was kind of like when we had to fire Tito back in the early days, uh, in, the, in the late uh, 90s, early 2000s, and bring in somebody that would stir it up a little bit, and that was Larry Boa. It was the right time to do it then. So I think they did the right thing. Now, I can't tell you, you know, Joe Girardi will be as good as his players. I'm never going to change from that. It's the manager that you give the manager a lousy team. He's a lousy manager. You give the manager some players to work with, especially pitching. And you have a chance to be a good manager, but the guy has yep. a great track record. They say he's mellowed a little bit. I thought he was good on television. So uh, I'm looking forward to meeting him in spring training and, uh, and watching him manage the Phillies. Yeah. It's funny wheels that you said that because Chet and I <laughs> talked about that right after they hired him said he, he sounded like us at the uh, at the podium, and and then certainly uh, the Philly fans took to it right away. Well, you know, you, everything's different nowadays. The the, the perception. Look, look, people had you heard the guys talking about some things. You know, you you have to put a good image up on television now to get elected. Almost, you know, it's it's <laughs> it's those kind of things nowadays uh, to to do things. You have to you have to look good. You have to sound good. You have to be quote unquote play the part, play the role. Uh, and I think Joe obviously does all of those things, and he has a tremendous background with all those years from the Yankees. Uh, this market is certainly not going to intimidate him after you've been through the New York market. This market is is uh, really really tough. But when you go through that with managing the New York Yankees, well, you got to have thick skin. And if, I can't believe he lasted nine years. Uh, but, you know, and it was just time for him to go. So is he the right guy? We'll find out. But if he had the same pitching staff that uh, Gabe Kapler had this year, and this, you know, four months ago, I know I had to say this to you because I'm a big pitching and defense guy. And uh, and if he has the same pitching, had the same type of pitching staff, he won't be a successful manager. Well, that's a perfect segue into what I want to ask you about next, Wheels. Uh, Matt Klentak and company probably overrated what they had in terms of starting pitching last spring. We talked about that in July. 
Other than Aaron Nola, the starting rotation is a big question mark as it stands right now. We know Eikhoff and Vargas apparently will not be back, it seems. We know Jake Arrieta did exercise his player option to return. Can't blame him there. It's good money. But can the franchise be expected to spend big money on one or maybe even two quality starters this offseason? Well, that's a great question. I, I like Eflin. I always liked Eflin. We probably talked about him because uh, I yeah. couldn't understand during the season why he wasn't sinking the ball. And then it, it came out what the what the story was is they wanted to be one of these high fastball guys that guys swing up and miss. Uh, and that wasn't that wasn't Zach. And when he finally went back to uh, throwing a sinker ball, he was he was pretty good. Uh, so I think he's a viable a viable pitcher. Jake Arrieta, who knows. You know, he was on the other side, really going the other way when the Phillies signed him, because or the Cubs wouldn't have let him go. Uh, so you knew that. Uh, was it a bone, the bone spurs last year, or, or is he just a guy that can't sink the ball with the velocity uh, that he did before? Uh, he can maybe learn to pitch again because, he, from what I understand, he's pretty smart. Um, so hopefully he can factor in. Now, will they go out and spend big money? I have no idea. They, um, You know, John is uh, – John Middleton is obviously a guy who who believes in that uh, if it's the right time to do it. And like last year was the right time to do it with Harper. Uh, is it going to be the right time to do it this year to go out with uh, one or two or three of the guys that are going to be the quote-unquote big-name, big-money free agent pitchers, you know, when you start with Garrett Cole? Uh, I don't know. I can't answer that. Uh, or would you try to take that money and bring in two or three other guys that – maybe have a chance, a better chance to help you. You figure out with Girardi's input, with the uh, advance and the analytics that they have right now, heck, they're due to get lucky on somebody. I mean, they've been so unlucky in all these relievers. God, everybody gets hurt, and they don't get hurt. They're hurt for the whole year, and then you got to pay them. So you, you think sooner or later they might get lucky with somebody and the uh, you know, obviously I would like to see that happen because Charlie used to say all the time, Son, you got to be good and you got to be lucky in this business. <laughs> and I, I used to hear him say that all the time. And when Howie Kendrick hit that ball off the pole in the seventh game, I said, "There's your luck." And the <laughs> Nationals are really, really good. But you know what? If you're not going good, that ball goes foul. And mm-hmm. I've seen it so many times in our great sport that uh, that's a difference in a ball game. Hey, Wills, is it possible in, in this day and age to consistently build a farm system and, and a feeder program like they used to kind of be able to do in the old days? Or have we reached a point there's so much win now, and, and especially in the pitching area where so many guys do get injured on every team, not just the Phillies, and I think it really hurt them this year because they just didn't have the depth uh, in that farm system to continue to compute, to, to compete and it eventually got them. Well, yeah, you're making two points there, Bill. Number one, is it possible to build a farm system nowadays? Yes, absolutely it is. But, uh, you know, it, 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 you've got to scout right, and you, have to sign, and you have to sign the right players. You have to do the job in Latin America, and you have to be lucky. Because uh, I used to say all the time, you're, think about when you're 18 years old and you're projecting somebody to be 22 or 23. Come on, who knows what's going to happen between that. But that's what we do for the most part, unless we take a college pitcher like Anola, who's more ready for the big league. So, yes, you absolutely can build a team through the farm system. Your other point being, but, you know, you don't leave them there long enough to develop them, and the next thing you know, you have them in the big leagues, and then the, then they're coming into their uh, uh, arbitration and free agency, 
And uh, then you're thinking about, geez, we've got to sign them to a long term. We're going to lose them. So that it's much more complicated now than it used to be when you could develop through your farm system, take your time developing people, and then bring them to the big leagues and keep them on your team. It's a whole new world out there. Both those things are possible, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's tough sometimes to put them both together, but the good organizations do. Well, Will, speaking of minor league prospects, from what you've seen or maybe heard, how close are third baseman Alec Bohm and pitcher Spencer Howard to be major league ready? Chad, I don't know any more than you do. I've, I've, I haven't seen either, either. I haven't seen Bohm swing at bat. In fact, the games that I went to in Clearwater this year, I didn't go when he was there. So by the time I started going to some games, he had left, unfortunately. So I never saw him, nor did I see Howard, because he was hurt a lot while he was down there. He had a shoulder yeah. problem. Um, but all I know is everybody that you talk to is their their major league their major league players. Evidently, they both did very well in that uh, that fall league out in Arizona. Um, there's a question about Bone. Can he play third base in the major leagues? Uh, I had dinner with Larry Bob about a month ago, and I asked him about that, and he said he's not ready right now. He he said I'm not going to tell you he can't. He said but right now he's got some things he's got to get better at playing third base, but he said his bat's going to get him to the major leagues. Uh, as far as Spencer Howard goes, he didn't know him. He hadn't seen him. So um, he had seen him late in the year, and he liked him a lot. But does he project uh, on a big league roster next year? Well, he would have to have an unbelievable spring training, I think, to make the game and they uh, make the club. And I don't know they'd want to start his clock right away either. You guys know what I'm talking about with that. Yep. As far yep. as, your, you know, your arbitration and all that. We have to go into all that. So, uh but he's going to pitch in the major leagues. Now, is he a two, a three, a four? The great game of baseball will tell you that once he gets up here and he starts pitching and you see how he reacts to the big leagues and the big leagues react to him. But those two guys evidently are major league players. Good. Hey, Wills, I want to ask you about Reese Hoskins. And, uh, you know, you've covered a lot of baseball over a lot of years, and you saw even the, the greatest, the, the Mike Schmitz, have – you know, subpar years, not quite like what Hoskins did. But how how does a guy like that bounce back? And uh, you know, this is this is almost a year and a half that he's really struggled, especially yeah. in the second halves of the year. Um, what what makes that all happen? Well, I don't want to compare him to Michael Jack, but what he hit one ninety something his first year. Uh, he, he was pretty bad, of course. Yep. Uh, you know, the league was a lot different then. Uh, there were the as far as pitching goes, and it's hard to compare the two errors, and I don't want to compare uh, – obviously, don't want to compare Reese to Mike Schmidt because there's only one Mike Schmidt. Uh, but sure, it's concerning. Absolutely it is because it, that's a great point you just made, that it's been a long time. It hasn't it been – you know, guys go into funks for a few weeks or a month even, um, but normally not half a season like that after you've been in the big leagues for a while. Now, does that mean they figured you out and you can't get – you can't figure the league out and what you have to do. Um, but he looked – in a watch, I watched so many games because I still love it. And, boy, some nights he looks so off balance. And when you're so off balance like that, you, you tend to hook a lot of balls because you're, 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 your weight is off. Uh, you're antsy because you're afraid to let the ball get deep in the zone, so you're trying to jump at it all the time. And he just had so many things. And, He's into that drop in the back shoulder and swinging up thing too that they want you to do and hit the ball in the air. And he almost never hit the ball to the right of second base, it looked like, unless it was an accident. Uh, it looked like he had one little period of time right after Charlie showed up 
uh, as a, as a hitting instructor. And he started, I remember he hit a home run to right and right center. He had a double to right center. And you're thinking, oh, yeah, here we go. Now, now this will get him back because when you start going alley to alley, especially you hit the ball the other way like that, that can really help you because that means you're waiting a lot longer. And it wasn't because he was late. It looked like he, he had figured some things out. Boom, went right back in it again. So I have no idea. Uh, he has a lot. Sometimes a guy will go and just try to get a clean sl- slate during the off season, uh, get a fresh start. Think about, uh, don't think about what went wrong. Think about the things that were good when you were going good. And hopefully he'll show up in spring training next year, a new guy, and it'll work for him because I've been around him a little bit and I don't know him, but he's a great kid. Um, he has a good work ethic and he wants to be good. Now, maybe he got good too fast here and maybe the organization made him uh, a personality before they should have. But that's the way you have to do things nowadays. When you when you develop somebody like that, you really need to get them out front and make them a focal point uh, of your organization. Sometimes that's not the greatest thing to do, but I'm certainly not going to say there's any mistake in marketing somebody like that because you need to do it, especially a kid like him who's so good on his good on his feet in front of a camera and, and, and he's photogenic. Everything about him just speaks out as somebody who uh, who you want out there as, as a front man for your organization. But you got to do it on the field first. And, Wheels, another guy who fits that category is Andrew McCutcheon. He was a great pickup until, of course, he got hurt, and that was a key to what happened to the Phillies this season. We hope he's back healthy next year, but some people question whether he can play center field every day. So I want to ask you about this. Uh, I know it was something the team had to do, but Odubel Herrera is for now considered to be reinstated. Is there any chance they actually do bring him back, or will he be traded for a bag of balls or whatever they can get for him? I can't wait to talk to you about that in spring training and see what we did. Yeah. <laughs> because, um, you know, there's – and I think we talked about this earlier this year when it happened. It's not, you know, fans, yeah, hey, get rid of them. Yeah, yeah, we don't want Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't work that way. There's, there's right. a, the Players Association involved, and there's protections for the players, and you have to work within the rules. Um, and, and Odubel is a guy who you, quote, unquote, cannot get rid of just because you want to get rid of him. After this happened, there has to be baseball reasons involved. Well, can they decide to release him because he wasn't a very good baseball player last year? Sure, I guess you can do that. And then eat the eat the money. Sure, you can do that too. Uh, you, you talk about uh, if he were to go out and try to trade him and all. Well, what are you going to get? You know, you just said the old the old proverbial bag of balls. Right. Uh, and, and is that better than trying to deal with with trying to bring him to spring training? Me personally. I don't see how they can bring him to spring training because the fans here, he, he wasn't popular when he, when he got, in, got his, into his problem, and he certainly that problem hasn't gone away in the minds of some people. So I don't know that he's a guy that uh, – I don't know. I can't picture them really being real tolerant with him. I could be totally wrong about that and maybe get a nice reception and all those kind of things. I just think he, the, the kid has too much baggage right now to play here. I think he can still play in the big leagues and be productive. But it, it may be both a positive for the organization and also for Odubel, who, by the way, is a really, really nice young man. Uh, I do know him. I was around him quite a bit, and I really like him a lot. But, uh, you know, he's got some obvious, he's got some, some issues. And going somewhere else, I personally think, would be the best thing they could do with him. But it, it's not quite that easy. 
Yep. Hey, Wheels, before we run out of time, we got to talk to you about some Penn State football because the Nittany Lions are on a roll. <laughs> 8-0, big game this weekend at Minnesota, two yeah. weeks from now at Ohio State. Uh, yeah. This team have this is an awful good football team that they have up there in Happy Valley. Yeah. Well, Renee and I were up there for the whiteout, and that was magic against Michigan that night. And, you know, Michigan kind of found – it turned out that – uh, I'm, you know me, I'm not a name dropper, but the last few years I got to know Josh Gaddis real well when he was at Penn State, and now everybody knows Josh Gaddis. And, uh, oh, what a good man and what a good coach and, and uh, you know, what a good job he's going to do in Michigan, unfortunately. And they really came alive in that second half. But, boy, that was a magic night up there beating Michigan. Um, Minnesota is <laughs> – hey, you don't go eight. No, I know they say, oh, well, they haven't played anybody. Well, they're going to play somebody this weekend. And, and just listen to James Franklin the other day. He has a lot of respect for them. They evidently have a mountain for an offensive line. They got some guy who weighs 400 pounds, 250 yep. or 400 pounds who could move a little bit. So, uh, you know, they like to run the ball at you. Antonio Shelton with that stupid thing he did in the game, spitting at that player, he's suspended yep. for a game. And that's right in the middle of your defense where they're going to try and run it right down your throat. And they have two real big, tall wide outs. Uh, who you know are good for jump balls and an efficient quarterback and some running and a good running back and then they play pretty good defense evidently too. So, and you're starting to game eleven o'clock in the morning. So that that <laughs> what does that do to kids? Well, I'm sure they're working on their bodies this week and explaining to them that they're going to be taking their first snap at eleven o'clock uh, because that's what it'll be out in Minneapolis and those games yeah. can be real real tough games to play when you're playing those games on the road like that. All that said and done, they, they have a lot of talent. Uh, they're probably a better team than Minnesota, but will they beat them? And then, you know, people want to jump ahead. The ultimate trap game would be Indiana. Indiana scores a ton of points against everybody, and they have them before the Ohio State game. So the next three weeks are, are you know, for us fans, the thing you love about sports is you don't know how it's going to end, and it's agonizing. And, uh, you know, you hope it has a happy ending, and I hope it starts on Saturday in, the, in Minnesota against a team that they're going to have their hands full with this team. Of course, Minnesota's going to have their hands full, too. Bill, did you want to ask uh, Wheels about officiating? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, we don't want him to get away. I thought you had a Penn State oh. question for him. But what do you think about this officiating, Wheels? I've officially gone on strike with the NFL. I'm watching the Eagles, and that's it. I you know, you know, you know what? Putting put a rule in place that you're not going to enforce and make coaches <laughs> use timeouts is just under my skin. I don't understand. You know, I, here, here's the thing, and you know me. I try not to get out of my lane. Uh, and, and talking about NFL officiating or college football officiating, I'm totally out of my lane. I have a, an idea and opinions on umpiring because that's something I was around and, uh, and have a feel for. Um the one thing I think people should always try to understand, and baseball too, it really happens fast down there. I mean, really happens fast. And now they have all these replays and everything where I think the officials are half scared to call things sometimes because, well, all right, I'm not going to do that, or I'll, I'll throw the flag and then I'll find out whether I was right or wrong. And I know you have to have replay, but there's a happy medium involved in this thing right now. And I know you're probably talking about that pass interference thing because of that playoff game last year that was so bad. But then didn't the Eagles win a pass interference uh, uh, ruling this year, a, uh, a challenge? I think they actually yeah, won one did. of those. Early. 
and they scored a touchdown after it too. So, right. I, you know, sometimes sometimes you can sometimes you can just overdo things, uh, but I. I go back to what I, my point is before. It is really tough to officiate these sports nowadays with these great athletes. Basketball, too, has to be brutal because these guys are so big and so fast, and everything happens so fast, uh, and there's so much pressure on them. So I find it hard to – there's a human element involved. I guess it was because I knew so many umpires so well personally, and I know you know, they're just human beings with feelings and all that, and they do their best when they're down there. But sometimes the game can get away from you because of, of the way that it's played. And it's there's so much speed nowadays. It's unbelievable to watch. Last question, Wheels. Will you be back behind the mic doing your PA work for uh, spring training next <laughs> February? <laughs> I thought you were, I thought, Chad, I thought you, were, you were leading into something else. You're going to be back behind the mic again. And I was going hey, to you never know. Uh, no. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a thousand times no. I kind of like being retired. It's fun to just be a fan. Uh, yes, I have a nice little situation with the Phillies yes. right now where uh, where I do the six weeks down there doing some things with the club and also the PA. Uh, and uh, we're on a year-to-year thing with that. And uh, um, I want to come back, and they want me to come back. So, yeah, I'm going to do it. I, for the year 2020, I'll be there. I'll see awesome. you down there. Okay, Chad. All right. We've, Sounds great. We've run out of time already. Great stuff as always. And, uh Let's do it again, and if we don't see you before Clearwater, we'll see you there. That sounds good, Bill, and I hope you make up with the officials. <laughs> no, that's probably not going to happen, but I hope so, too. <laughs> All right, guys, it's a pleasure. I always enjoy talking with you. All Thank right, you. Will, thanks. All right, keep in touch. Right now, let's take a break to talk about the Irish Rovers Station House in Langhorn, PA. I tell you often about their terrific food menu, like their killer burgers, their great wings, etc. But they have frequent drink specials, too, and always 24 beers on tap. Lots of fun events, too. There's trivia every Wednesday, a DJ every Friday night, and live music on Saturday nights. This weekend, Saturday night the 9th, it's the great band Clancy's Pistol. Oh, on Saturday afternoon, the 16th, Victory Beer will be there with a beer van outside while you compete in a throwing accuracy challenge. Might have to check that one out. The Irish Rovers on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorn and on the web at irishroverstationhouse.com. I'm alive. Football fans, this is Merrill Reese, and you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good. Well, hey, Chet, the Sixers finally lost one on the road in Phoenix to go to five and one. They had a Joel Embiid melee since we were last together. Uh, what do you make of the start of this season? Not a good effort, or not a good result, I guess, from Ben Simmons last night. Even better than I expected, though, as far as the start of the season, 5-1. and one. I, I really thought it would take a while for this crew with some key new pieces, you know, to get to know one another. But Josh Richardson has looked good most of the time. Al Horford has been fantastic. I love that addition. Now, the Embiid wrestling match last Wednesday and his antics afterward, a little troublesome, i got to admit. Didn't like seeing that. But hopefully that won't happen too often any time in the future. Uh, the one big disappointment, we're still not seeing any sort of an outside game or even an attempt at an outside game from Ben Simmons. I'm hoping that'll change, but so far, not yet. Yeah, I mean, I think they got to have it. they got to have somebody. I, I think if there's any weakness that I've seen, obviously it's only six six games, and Embiid wasn't part of half of them now. Um, 
is they, they've got to get somewhere better in that offensive end on three-point shots. They, they've got to be able to extend the floor a little bit more, even though I'm an in-the-paint guy. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Mike Scott can hit a few threes. Richardson occasionally. Uh, Furkan Korkmaz, of all people, had you know a couple of real good games the last two times out. He hit the game winner uh, two games back, and he scored 20 the following game. So he's been kind of a pleasant surprise. I know a lot of fans aren't crazy about him, but he is helping off the bench. So uh, it, it takes a village, and I, they do have some depth this year, I think. And uh, I'm pretty optimistic. that I said 52 wins. I think it's going to be closer to 60, assuming good health. Well, you were trying to protect yourself so you weren't disappointed like you were with the Phillies and the Eagles. That is true. <laughs> I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. I think, uh, I, and again, I wasn't happy about the Embiid thing either. The antics afterwards, you know, scuffles happened, but the whole antics thing and uh, – you know, I, I personally, I don't want the team to be the, the bad boys, to be the Pistons of the old days. Uh, I didn't much like that team, so I want to like yeah. this team. I hope so. Keep it rolling. All right. More to come. And, by the way, the Celtics have not lost since we beat them on opening night, so that's going to be interesting to watch, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Wait, Chet, did you know that 56% of Americans have no idea how much money they'll need to retire? If that sounds like you. You need to talk to Dave LaVoy from Allstate and Westchester. Yep, the same person you count on to help protect you can also help you set a reasonable retirement goal and then show you how the right financial solution will be there to help you get there. A good plan and a good life starts with someone you trust. Call Allstate agent Dave LaVoy in Westchester, PA, 610-430-0700 and start planning for your retirement today. Again, the number 610 430 700. And Bill, a little self-serving right here. Why not? Let's do it. <laughs> well, there you go. Hey, Chet, while we have about 30 seconds, I want to say happy birthday to you, Mr. Chesco. Well, that's what the whole point of that little song was. Happy birthday uh, I knew to it me. Was, and I just fit right <laughs> into where I wanted to, to get that in there. And uh, so happy birthday to you, my friend. Thank you. Another year older, and uh, God, I hope I have a lot more still to come because I'm enjoying life. I enjoy what we're doing here, and uh, let's keep it going, you know? Let's do it. Let's go ahead and give our shout-out to the PPCC 118 Raz Room, Chet. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance on winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They've continued to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. There are only 21 lines available, so your chances of winning are 1 to 21. Pretty good odds. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC118 Razroom. That's right. It's PPCC118 Razroom on Facebook. Speaking of the Razroom, we uh, just razzed off a Penn State, Michigan game day Raz here just this afternoon so some good uh you know non-philly but penn state michigan fans everywhere and uh had some jerseys and other stuff as part of that awesome awesome hey while we wait for mike i assume he'll be calling any second now i certainly hope so this eagle season season has been kind of a, a strange one you know up and down up and down how do you feel about them right now as we go into the bye week i like them a lot actually I tell you what does disturb me just a little bit, and, and because I've actually been up here and listened to a little more sports radio 
from the Philly area than I normally do. Uh, it surprises me that people have lots of questions about Carson Wentz. And they're, now they're questioning his numbers. What's not about his numbers, when you're running the football 40 times a game and dominating the line of scrimmage, obviously the quarterback's numbers are going to go down. But the wins are going up, and that's, that's the key thing. I'll take 200 yards passing and 200 yards rushing every week, and you will win almost every week in the National Football League. Yeah, Carson Wentz is not the problem. As we discussed with uh, Mark Echo last week, Carson Wentz is not the problem. It's uh, the receivers not being able to get open, uh, Alshon Jeffrey dropping three passes in a game. That's the kind of stuff that's killing them right now. So they got to get all that straightened out. It's not Carson Wentz. He's been fine. He's healthy, knock on wood. So, you know, keep doing whatever it takes to win. And my feeling, Bill, is if they can split these next two games, they are in very, very good shape. Yeah, oh, I think I think so, and uh, I think they're both winnable games. Um, you know, I think uh, New England did, well, we'll get to that pick. Uh, you know, they did exactly what I thought they would do. They got ran over at the line of scrimmage by the Ravens. I think that is their weakness. Just heard from Mike, and Mike's going to give us a call right now. So uh, I was oh, taking okay. a call while you were talking. So, yeah, he's going to oh. call us, and we uh, should be good yeah, to go. Yeah, um, I was saying, I think uh, – New England, the, the Ravens gave New England the recipe to beat them, which is what I thought. They ran the football right at them. Um, and that's what the Eagles are best at as well. So I, I think that's where we're going to go. And I, I like the Eagles' chances down the stretch. And of course, Dallas has to win games, and uh, their, their schedule is going to get tougher. Yeah, they have a tough one. Let's get our guest on, Bill. All right. Well, as we said, Jeb, we're at the bye week, first nine games, and what other way to assess the first nine games to talk to our good friend Mike Barnes about the Eagles and about what's going on over at the Barkan Family Foundation. So with that, Mike, welcome back, my man. Jim and Bill, thank you so much for having me. Um, busiest time of the year. I apologize for being a few minutes late. I was just picking up a donation from our biggest sponsor, which is Tito's Handmade Vodka in Philadelphia. <laughs> and they just made a major, major donation to the Barkan Foundation for our Holiday Hearts program. So I apologize for being a few minutes late, um, but I just heard the tail end of your conversation. And, boy, we got an uh, intriguing um, next several weeks ahead here as we head into the uh, second half of the Eagles season. So really excited about that, and, and obviously for us, the Barkan Foundation, it's the busiest time of the year. It's our, uh, our Holiday Hearts program time, and um, it's an exciting time. I want to ask you about the Barkan stuff, but first of all, the Eagles at 5-4, and four, two tough games coming up, both at home, New England and Seattle. Then it gets much easier after that, other than that home game against those darn Cowboys. Do you agree with me they split the next two games and they win that game against the Cowboys? They're in the playoffs? I think that's a good analysis, Jim. I, I personally... You know, with me, I go. it's like a week-to-week league with me. And I, I look at the New England game, and I think, obviously, what happens there will happen. It's the domino effect um, with the next two games. I do think the Eagles can beat the Patriots, and I also think they can beat the Seahawks. Right now, the way I'm looking at Dallas is I, I watched them the other night. Dallas is a better football team than we are right now. And that is, as you know, as much as I can't stand the Dallas Cowboys, that pains me to say it, but offensively, they're a more complete team, um, and defensively, I think they're a little bit better. The great news is is we're playing them at home, which I think is very helpful, 
And what we've seen the last two games, you know, the running attack and the two drives to close that game, those two games have been very encouraging. So, you know, I'm looking at it. I, I do think we can beat the Patriots. I think it's going to be a tall order, but I do think we can we can do it. So winning two of those three, I think, is Jim, is definitely possible. Hey, Mike, when, uh, you know, a lot of fans were, were all fired up for the trade deadline, were all excited to make a bunch of moves, uh, the, the organization felt like getting healthy was their best answer without having to give up anything. Um, now, now we have wide receiver issues, which maybe they couldn't have planned, but – how how did you take that whole trade deadline or lack of trade deadline move? I mean, obviously, you hope you see the names out there and you hope that a deal is made. And obviously, you know, we know uh, that you have to have a dancing partner. My biggest concern is, and this is going to open Pandora's box, I do not believe right now that the Eagles organization, including Howie Roseman and the offensive coaching staff, have protected their biggest asset, and their biggest asset is Carson Wentz. For all the talk about Carson Wentz, whether he's an elite quarterback, whether he's not, I do not believe that the Eagles organization has protected Carson Wentz the way it should have and the way it's going right now with the lack of receivers and the offense that they're running. The offense they're running is not suited to his talents. It's a, it's a dink and dunk, 10 to 15-yard offense more suited for Nick Foles and Alex Smith, which is totally fine, and it worked. But they are not playing to his strengths, and he is their biggest asset. And the fact that the trade line came and went and they didn't make a move, it hurts. And now that Deshaun Jackson had to have surgery, um, and I give Deshaun all the credit in the world because I know he wanted to play. I know he wanted to get back out there. His decision. But right now, they don't have the talent that matches the quarterback that they paid $300 million plus to, and they don't have the offense either. We're with you. All right, Mike, you and Ellen and Michael at the Barkan Family Healing Hearts Foundation run an awesome organization, and you've got some big events coming up in the weeks ahead, including a cool one on the 16th at Broken Goblet Brewing. Give us the deets. So, yeah, we're really excited. Next Saturday night, November 16th, the night before the Eagles-Patriots game, which we're all excited about, Broken, Cob- Broken Goblet Brewery, uh, it's on 2500 State Road in Ben Salem, right off of 95 Street Road Exit, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Guests will have the opportunity to meet Michael Barkan, Seth Joyner, and Barrett Brooks, and we have a ticket component where you can actually get up and ask Michael, Seth, and Barrett a question. Have it taped, get a picture, and uh, post it on social media. So we're really excited about that. It's three hours of Broken Goblet beer and Chuck's Barbecue, which we're really excited about. So it's next Saturday night, November 16th, Broken Goblet Brewing. Great, great brewing company locally. They're right in Ben Salem, Bucks County. And uh, we're almost sold out with that event. So we're really, really excited about that. Yeah, it's a nice little and, place, too. And then you have some other events coming up, too, your Holiday Hearts activities? Yeah, so our Holiday Hearts event, uh, we're very excited this year. Uh, we're once again partnering with the Eagles. Uh, we have 30 families that we're supporting, all local families, most of whom are destitute. Um, their, their stories are on our website, and we have wish lists for each family. And our supporters come together. They purchase gifts for those families, and we deliver them to each of those families at the NovaCare Complex, and that's on Saturday, December 7th. 
All of that information can be found on our website, thebarcanfoundation.org. Once again, it's thebarcanfoundation.org. And if your listeners want to get involved, they can reach out to me uh, or reach out to you or, or Bill, and we'll get you in, in, involved. It's a wonderful – it's very transparent, and I think that's what people really appreciate about it. You see the family story, and then you see their their gifts being delivered to them. And, of course, the Eagles – are incredible supporters of ours and have been for some time. And it's just a wonderful thing that they do to let us come in and actually help distribute those gifts. So uh, that's Saturday, December 7th. Um, so for us, it is the busiest time of the year. Um, and then we get into January and I think we'll probably have another event like we did last year, Jim, that you attended at Yards Brewery. So we have a busy time ahead of us. It's a very fun and exciting time, but most importantly, we can't thank you enough for your support. You've been such ardent supporters of supporters of ours, and it really means a lot to us. So I'm really hoping these Philadelphia Eagles can pull this together. I like what they did the last two weeks, and it's going to be fun. We're going to find out a lot about Doug Peterson. We're going to find out a lot about Mike Rowe, and we're going to see you know, if they can step up and pull this together because they are going to get healthier besides Deshaun Jackson. All right, Mike, as we wrap it up, you want to give one more uh, oh, I love it. One more rundown of how you can, uh, how we can get a hold of you, how the listeners can get a hold of you for these events? Sure. It's, uh, my email is mike at thebarcanfoundation.org, mike at the, T-H-E, barcan, B-A-R-K-A-N-N, foundation.org. They can reach out to us on social media or contact, contact us through our website. We'd love to get you involved. It's a great way to get children involved. If you have kids that are um, looking to, to support local families who have children and who have siblings that are very sick, we always find that the siblings are impacted the most of, of children who are sick because the siblings are often left with sitters at home and uh, parent, mom and dad have to be at the hospital. So this program impacts the whole family dynamic, and we're really excited about it, and it's our seventh year doing it. All right. Great, Great stuff, stuff, Mike. We appreciate Thanks, Mike. you stopping by. We know you're busy, and uh, go birds. Go birds, guys. Let's get this going. Have a great night, yep. guys. All See right. you, Mike. Bye-bye. Well, Jeff, you know what that means. It's Fred Butter Fantasy Football Time with our guru, Fred Hugo. Back to break down week 10. It's week 10 already this season. Fred, welcome back. I know, man. I was sitting there thinking. I'm like, all right, so you got this many weeks for the playoffs, and then I'm like, wait, it's three weeks till fantasy football playoffs. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, yep. like there, there, there's one league. I'm a little. I'm not doing so well, and I was trying to make a plan. And I'm like, I should have been making this plan two weeks ago. I can't believe it. <laughs> hey, Fred. A yep, couple it's... of things on the quarterback front. Uh, Cam Newton is officially done for the year, and Nick Foles is back with the Jags. They're off this week, but he'll be back as a starter next week. Do you think Nick Foles has anything, you know, left for the season? Should people pick him up if they haven't had him on the roster yet? Yeah, I actually that I was going to bring him up, whether you did or not. He's a guy you that you should shadily pick up this week. You know what I mean? Before it becomes to the forefront that he's starting because he's on a bye week this week, so you can hold, grab him now, stash him, not use one of your waiver wire claims. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, I would say, yeah, definitely, definitely grab him, especially if you need a quarterback. I mean, he has good wide receivers there, and 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 he sh- Minshew put up good numbers. He was every other week, so he should be able to put up at least twenty. You would you would think. 
right. What else you got for this week, Fred? What's your advice? So staying on the quarterback, I actually I don't know why it's the defense is his matchup's good, but I have a gut feeling Sam Darnold is going to have a good week this week. So he's a, a waiver wire play you could grab. Jameis Winston has a great matchup. I saw Kirk Cousins and Jimmy Garoppolo on a lot of waiver wire, so they may be out there. Um, there's some quarterbacks you can grab this late in the year that, that, that'll definitely help you. And then, obviously, Foles that we just spoke about. Um, moving over to running back, uh, Miami starting running back. Mark Walton suspended for four games. I think it's, it might be more than four, but e- either way, his they're down to one running back, and he's going to be the feature back. That's Kalen Balage, so you can take a shot at him. Ronald Jones of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he was named the official starter. Bruce Arians has been playing games for what, 10 weeks now, and now he's finally named a starter. So he's a guy that's out there you can grab. Darius Geis of the Washington Redskins may be back this week. He should definitely be back the following week. He's He was a highly touted rookie. Uh, he's just had injury issues. He, he may be a good good guy to grab. And then Kareem Hunt is coming off suspension as well in Cleveland. He's a guy to look out for on the waiver wire. Um, wide receiver-wise, Devontae Parker's had – Multiple great weeks now that Fitzpatrick is the quarterback. I wouldn't say great, good weeks. He's a receiver out there that, that's on the waiver wire. Corey Davis and A.J. Brown have seemed to have more success with Tannehill than um, Mariota. the quarterback. Mariota, yeah. They, they've seen to have more success with Tannehill back there, even though Tannehill's not lighting the world on fire. And then also A.J. Green may return this week. He's a guy that, that you should look into starting or at least maybe even trading using his trade bait to get something else you may need to a team that needs a wide receiver. And uh, Golden Tate just keeps putting up numbers every week as well. The, the guy that we, we couldn't seem to, to figure out how to use in our offense is, is doing pretty well over in New York. Um, moving to tight end, O.J. Howard is back. Um, off of injury, he has a great matchup. I would pick him up off the. I did actually in one league pick him up, start him against the Arizona Cardinals. Every tight end that goes against the Arizona Cardinals has a great, great week. So at least for this week, grab him. Um, Kyle Rudolph of the Minnesota Vikings, and then I would monitor Delaney Walker. He may be back this week, and he may be a guy you can start. Um, moving over to the defense, I like the Ravens defense this week. The Lions defense. And the New York Jets defense matched up against um, Jones, the quarterback of the Giants. So that's what I got for fantasy this week. All right. Well, let's get to our picks. Uh, How did we do last week, Chet? What are the standings and who took the Ravens? Well, well, well. Some (laughs) very interesting developments this past weekend, Bill. As you know, our our former front runner, Fred, slumped to a 2 2 weekend. I was 3-1, and one, and yeah, the shocker. For a second straight weekend, Bill, you were a perfect 4-0, and oh, including, yes, picking the Ravens to knock the Patriots from the ranks of the unbeaten. Way to go, Chief. In the process, Bill moved into first place at 22-11. and 11. You heard that right. Bill Furman's in first place. One game ahead of Fred, who slips to second, and two games ahead of me. I'm just two back, so still real tight. Nine weeks down, eight weeks to go, and we are within two games of one another. Nice. You know, even though it's your birthday, Chad, it kind of feels like all things are right in the world again, as they should be. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go with week 10. Let's start out Giants at the Jets. Giants minus two and a half. We got the Vikings at the Cowboys on Sunday night. Cowboys minus three. The Redskins and Eagles are on bye week, so we've added the Lions at the Bears. Bears minus two and a half. And I think an interesting Monday night matchup, 
Seahawks at the 49ers, 49ers minus six. So, Fred, Giants, Jets, Giants minus two and a half. Who you like? This is like the battle of the awful bowl at MetLife Stadium. Um, I'm going to go with the home team since they're favored. I'll, I'll take the Giants to get a win here. I feel like their offense, they're able to move the ball, but, but defensively, well, I guess they're both kind of home. But <laughs> yeah, they're both home. Exactly. It's a Jets home game officially, yeah. Oh, my fault. Okay, so either way, I already said Giants. I'll take the Giants. I think they their offense is a little bit – they'll be able to put up enough to beat them. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Giants. And before I forget, I'm also going to take the Redskins losing to the bye. I'm going to have the bye beating the Redskins this weekend. <laughs> Carry on, Bill. Uh, I, I'm going to take the Giants, too. Uh, you know, the Giants played pretty well the other night. They just couldn't score in the red zone. They gave Dallas a fit for a long time in that game. I, I'm – I'm going to go with the Giants here as well. How about the okay. Vikings at the Cowboys on Sunday night in Dallas? Cowboys minus three. I love the Vikings. I don't think the Dallas has really beaten anyone that, that's good. They almost lost to the Giants, as you said. Um, the referees helped them out big time. So, I'm, I, I like what the, the Vikings are doing. they got a balanced offense. Feeling, I believe, will be out, but they still got digs, and, and they can run the football. Um, I like the uh, Vikings. I, too, picked the Vikings. Maybe it's my heart and not my head, but I, I immediately wrote down Vikings on all the pools that I'm in. Man, I don't like you guys. I thought this would be one I might could steal because I'm going to take the Vikings, too. Um, I, I think the Vikings are a pretty good team, and we'll see what we're going to find out about the Vikings this week, I, I believe. And we might find out a lot about the Cowboys. The Eagles yeah, certainly true. need this win uh, for the Vikings as well. All right, Lions and Bears. Bears minus two and a half. Not much of a game, I didn't think, but it was a the, the spread was tight. That's why I picked it. So, who you like, Fred? Uh, that Bears offense is so bad. I, I just I think I feel like the Lions they, they're losing games, but they're in all of them. Um, I'm going to take the Lions here. I think they'll beat the Bears. The, the, eventually, that defense wears down, and and. Uh, I just don't see – I don't see – the Trubisky is so bad. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, so you took Detroit and so did I. I, I thought I was going to, you know, maybe steal a game from you guys, but I have the Lions winning that one also. Yeah, I have the Lions winning. The Bears The Bears showed me absolutely nothing last week, I, uh, except that they're bad. I, I'm surprised they're favored in this game. Yeah, me so too. So I'm going Lions as well. That gets us to Monday night. Seahawks at the 49ers. 49ers minus six, and uh, both teams playing good ball. My gut tells me to take the Seahawks. It really does. But one of my one of my good predictions this year is how good the 49ers are doing, so i got to ride with them. I'm going to take the 49ers to win. Well, we finally have one different. I was frankly surprised the line was this big. I know San Fran's at home. I know they've been playing great. But six and a half just sounded high to me. And, of course, that means you probably should actually take them, the way the whole betting thing works. But I'm, I'm just liking the, the way Russell Wilson's played this year, and I think he's going to have another big game, and I'm taking the Seahawks to win on the road. Well, I really like the 49ers um, this year, and, but I just think you're not going to win them all. And this is a tough game. It's a, even though it's at home on Monday night, um, I, I, too, like the Seahawks. I'm going to take them. Uh, just because you're not going to win them all, and this is the one the 49ers are going to lose. So all I'm right, taking Seahawks. Me so, too. So, Fred, hey, before we let you go, let the listeners know where they can follow you. 
Follow me at, at Fred Hugo underscore on Twitter and Instagram. And then on Facebook, just uh, friend me, Fred Hugo. And then I, I share all my stuff on Fred Butter and Edge of Philly that you can see and Philly Press Box. So just follow me on there as well. You got it. We'll see Thanks, you Fred. next week. Go Birds. All right, see you guys. Go Birds. Go Sixers. Yeah. All right. Hey, Chet, speaking of uh, Birds and Sixers, let's talk Flyers for just a minute. They earned five of the last six points. Uh, most importantly, got a real solid performance last night from Carter Hart. Beating the Hurricanes at home 4-1. to They needed that real bad. Hart kept them in the game until the offense could get it turned up in the third period for a nice win. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Carter Hart uh, has won his last two starts now, and that's great to see. He played great in the Tuesday night win over a very good Carolina Hurricanes team. I actually watched a bunch of that game, and all of a sudden the Flyers are back within a couple of points of the final couple of playoff spots. I know it's early, but I'm still thinking about that. Uh, Still a very long way to go, but yes, great to see Hart rebound, and nice to see Joel Farabee, or Philly Joel, as NBC Sports sometimes calls him. I like that, Philly Joel. Uh, nice mm-hmm. to see him get his first couple of goals over the past week. Yeah, and uh, that Travis Connect, he's playing out of his mind, which is certainly good. They've needed that. And, uh, you know, once that number one line, Drew scored a goal again last night. Forcheck is picking up some points. Once that line gets turned on, uh, I, I think there's going to be good things ahead. And the youngsters just seem to keep getting better each night. Yeah, Konechny's been great, and uh, Vino last week challenged uh, Giroux and Voracek to play better, so hopefully that uh, is you know something that's happening now. And they got to keep it going. they got a couple of tough games ahead. I guess they have Montreal and Toronto this weekend. they got a big one with the Islanders next week, so a lot of tough games, but uh, good to see them playing a little better of late. Uh, absolutely. Uh, like I say, the kids keep getting better. They're fun to watch, and... Uh, when Carter Hart's on his game, they can beat anybody any given night, and they can win series with him when he's on. We saw a little bit of a lull there for a week or two, which is certainly going to happen. But when he's on, he's really good. Yep, you know it. All right. Well, hey, Chet, uh, who's coming to Philly Press Box next week? Well, even though it's my birthday, Bill, I got rejected twice today by prospective guests for next week. So, uh, for now, it's the old TBD, to be determined. I'll get back to you on that. I don't know. Wow. Well, I, I want the names of who would shoot you down, especially <laughs> on your birthday. I'll have to well, have a word with them. They did have good excuses. They were both working for their uh, media jobs. So we'll let them slide. Uh, I got you. Okay. Well, there's going to be plenty going on. There will be plenty for us to talk about uh, next week as well as the Eagles get ready to get back into action that's for sure oh yeah so with that do we have a parting shot from you mr chesco oh a few random things as is often the case bill first while on the one hand it bothered me to see the nationals win the world series a week ago tonight i also have to give them credit they were terrific throughout the postseason they survived and won i believe five elimination games and got some amazing pitching and clutch hitting including as wheels mentioned by howie kendrick of all people they certainly earned that championship. Now I hope it never happens again. All right, as a radio guy who has felt the pain himself on multiple occasions, it always bothers me when I see a talented guy getting cast aside. And it happened again last Thursday when 97.5 The Fanatic got rid of Jason Martinez, a smart, talented guy. It happens a lot in the radio biz, but it still sucks. 
And, Bill, I know you'll be in your glory this weekend. Huge college football games on, the mul- on multiple fronts, including, of course, Penn State, Minnesota, Iowa at Wisconsin, and, yes, LSU at Alabama. Enjoy. I know you'll be in front of multiple televisions. Yes, I will. And a couple other things we missed, Chet. JT Real Muto winning the gold glove. That's certainly a good one. And even maybe better than that is JT coming out defending Bryce Harper that he is most misunderstood and an absolute fantastic teammate. That's certainly good to hear. Absolutely. And uh, JT, we know, will be back next year, but they have to lock him up beyond that because uh, he's a key part of their next few years future. And by the way, Bill, it was 150 years ago today that the first college football game was played. Final score, Rutgers 6, Princeton 4. I don't know how that happened, but yeah, 6-4. to four. That's right. Hey, and one other final thing, Chet. We have about 10 seconds on this. Uh, what did you think about Garrett Cole changing his hat to his agent's <laughs> hat the minute the game ended? Not a good look. Yeah. No, no, that was not a good look, and it certainly tells you Ready to move on from Houston, but I guess that's good news for the Phillies and other teams that may make a run at him. I would love to see him in Philly. It's going to cost a fortune, but, boy, he'd be nice to have in that rotation. Yes, he would. All right, my man, with that, uh, let's say happy birthday to you one more time as we reach the top of the hour. Let's thank tonight's special guest, Chris Wheeler, Mike Barnes, Fred Hugo, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room and Dave Lavoy of Allstate Insurance of Westchester for their continued support of the show. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, November 13th at 7 p.m. You can listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, or you can find our podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, and a bunch of other places. High hopes. Philadelphia sports fans and go birds.